charge everyone for what a few bad apples create. I need to laugh, and when the sun is out, I've got something I can laugh about as we fire up episode number 139 of the Promo Upfront podcast. I am one of your hosts, Bill Petrie. With me as always, not always though, it's the vacationing king of Kashokton, Kirby Hossaman himself. Kirby, buenos dias. How is Mexico? Uh, muy bien. Uh, no, things are things are great. I am on vacation. Today's my uh, final day here in Playa del Carmen. Um, and so, you know, the show must go on. You know how it is. So wherever we are, do. we do the, the podcast. And so doing well. Always good to chat with you. How are you, bud? I'm great. You know, uh, thank you for asking. And you're right. No matter where we are, we will do the podcast. And that, this is a teaser in about six or eight weeks. We're going to be doing it uh, somewhere in the middle of the Caribbean Ocean on a boat together. So I'm really looking forward to that. But, you know, you being on vacation in Mexico, um, you know, it got me to thinking, as things often yeah. do. And I was thinking about, you know, the carbon footprint you left getting to Mexico. But I know <laughs> you're doing everything you can to offset that. And it got me to thinking about sustainability. And, you know, we hear a lot in our industry about sustainability and being environmentally conscious. But how do we know, you know, who's happy just talking the talk and who's really walking the walk and doing something about it? Well, Kirby, I'm here to tell you, I when it comes to continual, the continual focus on the environment, you need to look no further than our good pals at Shapenko. That's right. Kirby, if you're not aware, this is their 90th year in business and uh, Shapenko, which is awesome. And while they've been focused on sustainability for decades, they're just really now sharing it with everybody else of what they're doing. Things like legal water wash when it comes to cleaning their screens. They reclaim their screen materials to reduce the waste stream. They use metal reusable frames for reduction of that waste stream. All the cartons they use are composed of at least 50% recycled materials. And not to mention the pencil. Think about the components of a pencil. It's quite literally the most environmentally friendly, naturally resourced promotional product in the history of the known universe. Even more, Kirby, in 2023, they're moving to clear PET bags for special packaging, and they're transitioning all their lights from incandescent bulbs to LED in the factory. So when it comes to sustainability, Kirby, I mean, you talk about walking the walk, the boys at Chipenko are doing it. Yeah. yeah, and that's no surprise. Again, that's one of those organizations that I think, uh, for those of us who've been in the industry for a while, Chipenko is one of those organizations that you look at and you go, they do it right. And uh, the idea that they would be doing sustainability rights, no surprise to any of us. Kirby, I couldn't have personally said it better myself. Uh, and while we didn't even talk about their insanely creative, cost-effective, and amazing eco-friendly products outside just the general, general pencil, um, I think everyone should pause the podcast right now. Just stop it. Pause it right now. Go ahead and head over to Shapenko.com. It's been newly redesigned. And see all of their fabulous merchandise that's going to help your client communicate their message while being eco-friendly. Go ahead. We're going to wait. Go ahead. 
Okay, welcome back to the podcast. Hope you enjoyed your quick visit to Shepenko, and hopefully it wasn't that quick. Now, Kirby, I want to thank you on behalf of both of our listeners for having the courage today to podcast from a beautiful resort near a beach where you're going to have many fruity drinks and beers later today. So thank you for having the the courage. Um, I have the upfront section of the podcast. And what I thought we'd talk about, Kirby, and I think you're aware of this, but our good friends at Snugs, um, they had some challenges last year when they sure. acquired Sweda. And they released uh, kind of a, a, a marketing campaign to mm-hmm. kind of de- kind of talk about that and really yeah. share what they're doing. I, again, the integration with diffi- uh, was with Sweetu was very difficult from a sure. user perspective. If you went on the promotional products uh, Facebook page, you saw a lot of people uh, talking about it. Um, and not every acquisition in an integration of an acquisition goes smoothly. I've yeah. been parts of them. I think you have too. There's always things that that are very challenging when you're trying to put two companies together. Especially that size. But I will, especially that size. But yeah. I will tell you, one of the things, um, and, and transparency here, I'm friends with uh, Brandon McKay. I'm friends with Brittany David. I'm friends with Steve Roan. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm friends with a lot of people who work at, uh, at Sweda and at uh, Snugs. But I got to tell you, seeing what they released last week in terms of owning it, and in terms of really just explaining not only kind of really what happened, not not too detailed. They just recognized that things weren't right. But yeah. then talking about what they're doing going forward, it was an absolute masterclass in what I would just call owning it, right? I don't did you see the video that they put I out? I did. I did. Yes. So they they admitted they weren't ready to kind of uh release the Kraken, as it were. Um, but then they went through and showed that, you know what, we, we understand the pain and the, the strife we caused, but now we're ready. And that was the theme of the video about how they're ready. Um, and what I, my biggest takeaway from it, I'd like to hear yours. My biggest takeaway from it is it really showed how much that group of people cares about. They made a mistake and maybe several mistakes. People are human but how they're going to fix it. It's one thing to apologize for a mistake. It's another thing to say, I'm sorry. And here's why it's not going to happen again. I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. And I, again, this it was really kind of that masterclass in how you mitigate a crisis. Kirby, what say you? Yeah. So um, it, it, much like you said, I, I'm a big fan of all the folks uh, at Snugs just as humans, right? So yep. to put that out of the way, um, I will tell you as a person who creates video, the the creative that comes out of the Snugs group it, it, it yep. makes me envious. That, that yeah. particular video is no, uh, no exception. Extraordinarily well done. Actually, one of the takeaways for me is, you know, and, and I, I did, I, you know, the idea of owning challenges um, is really important. And I think unusual, quite honestly, mm-hmm. from an organization. We see it. You talked yeah. about the people on promotional products professionals page who are complaining about it. They're complaining about a bunch of organizations and they complain more, about everything. Right. But more than those. And I don't hear from any of them. 
right? So that's part of it is that it stands out. Mm -hmm. The other piece that I thought was really brilliant and my guess is very much on purpose is it humanized the brand because it, yep. it, it every single, you know, little cut was, okay, here's Brittany saying we're ready. Here's this person yep. saying we're ready. Here's so if anybody you knew potentially in the organization might've been in the video. And so I, and I think, you know, one of, there's a great quote that says, if you want to hate somebody, don't get to know them. And I think yep. that they did a really good job of reminding us that it's not snugs necessarily yeah. just snugs. It's Brandon, it's Brittany, yeah. it's Steve, it's Jeff. Yeah. And they, I, I thought that to me was one of the parts that made it really powerful. Cause you're like, Oh, Hey, I know that person. And I like that person. And yeah. Okay. I'm going to give them the grace that you know, I would certainly give myself. And I think sometimes yeah. that's the part we ought to uh, kind of remind ourselves of is if we made it any, if we went through a challenging time, we would hope that our peers, our supporters would have our back. We don't always. And so I thought that that, that video was just super well done and, and reminded me of the humanity behind the industry. Yeah, I absolutely love that. You know, one of my biggest saying, and I think everything you said is perfect, Kirby. I, I agree. The human humanization of it made all the difference in the world. And I'm a big believer because you know, this this may shock a few people. I make a mistake on occasion, <laughs> and generally, when I do, my go to is I'm sorry. I own it. I'll, I'll I won't say I'm sorry if you felt. I won't say any. I yeah. own it. I will say I am sorry. And when you apologize honestly like that and talk immediately about how you're going to take steps to make sure it doesn't happen again, yeah. it immediately disarms the person you've either hurt or made yeah. angry or whatever. So I, I thought the video did that on a grand scale. And so yeah. huge shout out to the creative uh, at Snugs, Jeff Anderton, who we both know and are good friends yeah. with who we know is behind a lot of that video and kudos to the leadership for wanting yeah. to do something like that. It is not easy to put yourself out there and essentially say, Hey, we really screwed up. Um, yeah. And they did a great job with it. So kudos to them. I just thought it was worth talking about since it was the industry. Kirby, I'm pretty fired up. You're pretty late yeah. back today. You're on yeah, vacation right. mode, um, but I'm pretty fired up. In fact, I want to be fired up even more. So right. Kirby, do you know what I got to do? Well, what I got to, I got to, I, I got to amp up the podcast. I have okay. to. Hey, <laughs> distributors got a question for you. As I sounded like Grover from Sesame street. <laughs> hey, distributors, is your marketing working? If you can't answer that question with an immediate, Oh my gosh, absolutely. It's working. Then you need to reach out to our good pals over at Promo Pulse. They can help you consistently amplify your sales through stunningly beautiful outbound marketing that's so easy to use. You customize it, you set it, and then you forget it in only five minutes. That's it. So you want to learn more? Of course you. Head over to promopulse.io slash amp. You're not going to be sorry you did, Kirby. What do you got for us? Okay. Um, I've got a topic I've been meaning to talk about, honestly, for well, I, I put this in my board at, on January 31st. So that's how long I've been waiting. Um, so I thought this was interesting. Um, charging patients for email um, is a new trend in the medical field. A new study was talking about it. Uh, Cleveland Clinic made headlines in November when they said it would start billing for my chart messages that require doctor's time and expertise. Um, we're seeing 
other uh, healthcare providers do the same thing. So um, I, I just thought this was fascinating, the idea that mm -hmm. I'm sure that there are people who uh, overwhelm their doctors with messages and stuff like that. Um, I, I, I have just, the first question is really just, what do you think about that? And then second, you know, I have sort of a thought about how this yeah. relates to what we do as an industry as well. Um, well, I think it relates to any industry, right? There's time involved in any industry. I mean, you look at uh, the the lawyer in field, you know, if you right. were an attorney or a barrister, um, you charge for your time and usually yep. in 15 minute increments. And if you send an email, that's a 15 minute charge, right? Yeah. Um, so I understand the philosophy behind it. I don't love the breakout of it. Um, and I don't know what yeah. the charge is. I don't know if you know that. Yeah, no, I don't. To me, and, and I don't know how you would bill insurance for that. I, I don't, I right. mean, it sounds like an honestly a, an accounting nightmare. What I'd rather, I understand though, that doctors do all medical staff, not just doctors, it's the nurse practitioners, it's the, the nurses need to, um, need to be compensated for their time, right? time yeah. is our most valuable resource. We talk about that, but we very rarely charge for it. Right. So I understand <clears throat> the need to charge it. I'd rather be baked into what, you know, the overall costs are. I don't know how you do that though. If you're just going yeah. back and forth, um, I think there's a lot of questions there. So, uh, you know, more questions than answers for, from me, yeah. um, but I understand the theory behind it because I'm sure there are doctors who have to sit an hour and a half after they're done seeing 20 patients that day, they're having to deal with emails in, yeah. in, in ones that are probably, you know, we talk often about bouncing from an accounting thing we're doing to a creative thing we're doing uh, as a, as a general practitioner doctor, I can't, I think it would be hard to like, all right, I'm talking about a foot sprain here and this guy's got headaches and this guy's yeah. having trouble breathing. I, I think that's very difficult. So I understand the philosophy behind it. I don't know how it works in practicality, though. Yeah, I think part of what they're doing is is using it as a deterrent. Um, mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, hey, yeah, I can answer this, but it's going to be 50 bucks or whatever. Um, yeah. And if it's that, I understand it. Because again, I think that there are um, going to be people who inundate their, their physicians with 5,000 questions. Yeah. I looked at this on WebMD and now I know that I have this. And so um, I, as a, as a deterrent for, you know, being inundated, I think it I makes sense um, yeah. because they're talking about the mental health of doctors. That's part of the, the reason they're sure. doing it. Now the, my, the sort of the tie back to it is what I would say, like, don't punish everyone in the communication process right. for what a few people ruin right like it, it yep. so and, and the tie back i have is sort of proofs um i complain one of my one of my frustrations in the industry is proof charges right um mm -hmm. you're you're charging me to make sure that you're gonna print it right it's, it's just you can call it what you want that's what you're doing now mm -hmm. the challenge is i understand that there are people who send shitty art or they don't know what they're doing and they essentially utilize the supplier as their art department Again, that's right. not okay. Um, and to me, this seems like a reasonable, like there's a very easy and reasonable solution to that where you don't charge for the first proof. You don't charge doctor for the first reasonable question. After that, it becomes a thing that you have to, and I think most reasonable people would understand that. To our industry, if I send you art 
and it's the wrong damn art, the second proof should charge me money. I, it was right. my fault. Um, but, you know, so I, again, I'm kind of talking back between two industries, but at the end of I the day, it. don't charge everyone for what a few bad apples create. That would be sort of my take. I, I was thinking the same thing, you know, maybe give everybody two free questions a month. Right. Right. And, and beyond a that year, <laughs> whatever. whatever it is. Yeah. Something <laughs> like that. I, I don't, I don't have an issue with, and, and I think you touched on something Kirby actually, that is really a greater discussion and maybe for a future podcast i don't think we get too into it now because i think we could dedicate an entire podcast to what i'm about to say okay you know these little devices these these portable phones are wonderful but they, they just like everything else things cut both ways and so yeah. you're always available which is awesome which is the problem and you really can't disconnect. You can't get away. There's always a way to check an email. There's always a way for someone to get in contact with you. I see it in in my own kids. As much as I love them, I'm by, their access to me is way too easy. So their problem solving skills are not, in my mind, where they need to be. That's not right. to say they don't have problem solving skills. I'm just saying the easiest thing for them to do is pick up a phone yeah. And, and reach out and get help. And so I'm talking about my, the greater issue here is the mental health of really unplugging. You right now are a prime example of that. You're kind enough to do the podcast while you're on right. vacation. Now, there are times we don't record during a week. We will yeah. because we're both yeah. in two separate places or we just want a week off. It happens right. to us, too. But you're in allowing work to intrude a little bit on your vacation. We have that, that. I think that's an issue. And so when people are saying, oh, man, doctors, they have it so easy. They're so rich, man. This mm. is not 1975 anymore. It's right. not that way. And they're always on call. So they're always on. I mean, yeah. now. Well, you know, and the mountain of the, debt. This is also a separate yeah. discussion. We could literally have a podcast with these two things. The mountain of debt they're trying to overcome in order to right. serve humanity is absurd. So yes, well, it's, you. it's, yeah. And then the other part of it is, you know, this is what we've established for doctors with the, the portals, right? The, the, the email portals and things like that. The old joke was you'd go to a party and you'd meet someone new and they'd say, hey, they're a doctor and say, oh, you know, I got this pain right, right here. What, mm. you know, I mean, it's a joke and I've seen it happen. I'm sure you have too. Yeah, yeah. Or they're like, I'm a dermatologist. Well, I know, but you went to medical school. <laughs> now we've allowed that access all the time. And so, you know, we, we, we do need to figure out as a society where our limits are and hold fast to them. And it probably starts just like everything else starts with me, starts with you, starts with everybody. Yeah. Great, great cool. topic. All right, Kirby. Are you a big baseball fan? Yeah, I mean, I like baseball. Okay. Okay. Well, I don't know about big. Play... <laughs> well, apparently they're still playing Major League Baseball. I gave up on yeah. it decades ago. But um, so Major League Baseball jerseys are going to showcase this year corporate sponsor logos for the first time now this has been all over asi promo marketing sports illustrated espn i don't know if you've seen it so i'm gonna I break it down very quickly yeah okay so the new labor contract agreed to in march of last year allows teams to add uniform and helmet advertising patches okay. for example the San Diego Padres are going to have a little Motorola patch on their sleeve. The Boston Red Sox, uh, Mass Mutual, which is an insurance company. The Arizona Diamondbacks, Event, which is a global technology distributor. And the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. 
uh, <laughs> the as FBM, which the is foundation building materials. Now, this is something European sports have done for years. If you've ever watched a, a Premier League soccer match, you know the main thing across their chest is going to be the sponsor. Yeah. Uh, so it's something they have done for years. Now, I have a question for you. Does it bother you that that type of sponsorship is coming into baseball? And are you surprised that only four so far of the 30 major league mm. teams have announced their corporate sponsors? Yeah. So a <clears throat> um, couple things just to preface this. I'm not a purist when it comes to baseball by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. So I think this would bother purists more than me. The answer is no, it doesn't really bother me. I, you know, I think that it's always a slippery slope. Right. Because I don't know that I would love to see a NASCAR, you know, like the car. Always the comparison. Uniform. Always yeah, the I, comparison. I, but that's the, I agree. The, once you once you do one, you know, you could do. The, so I don't know that I want to see that. But the idea that a team, you know, we're naming the stadiums, all that stuff. I think that the horse is out of the barn on most of this. Um, so, no, it doesn't bother me. Yes, I am a little surprised, um, you know, again, that. I mean, it's a, it's a source of revenue. So, um, you know, these are businesses and if, if it were me and I felt like there was a, an appropriate thing that wasn't, you know, anti my brand, absolutely. Right. I would be looking at that as an opportunity. I, I agree with you hundred percent. And I don't mind it. I do think again, it's that gateway. It's going to get more and more. And sure. you know, I don't think we'll ever see the NASCARification of, yeah. of that. And NASCAR's done a good job. Thank you. I think NASCAR has done a good job of actually pulling that back. So there's not quite literally 80 stickers on a car. They have a predominant brand and then like three or four others, um, maybe a few more than that. But I think what surprised me when I looked at this, not only have only four as of, as of right now have announced this, but the companies are not exactly like national yeah. companies. Of course, I've heard of Motorola. I had heard of Mass Mutual. You may or yeah. may not have, depending yeah, on heard the that. global you. But I've never heard of Event. I'm sure they're a big, nice company. And I certainly have never heard of Foundation Building Materials, FBM. So I find it really interesting. They're, they're, they're almost regional companies. Tells you that, tells you that being... they're not charging that much. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'll t and it tells you with only, uh, you know, twenty with 26 teams not announcing uh, there are 26 teams that their sales departments are scrambling to yeah. get these done. So I think because baseball as a whole has been in decline uh, yeah. in terms of ratings and people being interested over the last few years, I think they're going to have to show with the rules changes and, you know, the larger bases, the pitch clock and things like that. And for all things I've heard, it, it speeds up the game, which is great because there's nothing worse than watching television, baseball on television. I can't, I can't do it. I grew up a yeah. baseball fan. I can't do it. Uh, I not even the World Series. I love going to a game. That's an awesome yeah. experience. But on TV, it's a terrible experience. And so I think, I think a lot of the potential sponsors are saying, I, I kind of want to see what I'm getting for my money here. Right. You know, what's yeah. the appetite for viewership? Because that's really where that the, you're going to realize the value of that type of a partnership in the broadcast. Can I see my logo? And again, what does it do for you? I mean, hell, for years, Halo painted the back of baseball dugouts. And yeah. it just said, hey, it was the old Halo logo. It was H-A-dot-L-O. And people were like, what the hell is that? We all right. knew what it was, but it, yeah. it just, but you know, anyway, so I thought it was a really interesting thing. 
And I think a lot of the purists, I'm also not a baseball purist, are going to push back and say, oh, I don't want. Yeah. It's it's life. Yeah. It's life. But yeah, it's it's funny because you talked about the pitch clock um, about every yeah. day now when I'm on the treadmill. Yes, I've been down here yeah. and it's been on no audio. But, you know, they're complaining, you know, players are getting strikes because they're not in the box and all this stuff. I like it. And I, yeah, I, it is fascinating to me because, you know, it has historically been, the, you know, the, the game with no clock. Well, you know, grow up, get your ass in the box. Yeah. <laughs> hey, look, I, I grew up a Texas Rangers fan. And then Mike Hargrove, who was the third baseman for yep. a while when I grew up, you know what his Indians nickname was? Too. Yeah, he went to the Indians afterwards. You remember what yeah. his nickname was? It's been a long time. I don't remember. Yeah, he was the human rain delay because after yeah. every single pitch, he'd step out of the box, undo his gloves, and do. I mean, I'm sorry, I I don't have the patience to watch a four hour baseball game. Yeah. I hear that the the spring training games are clocking in at two hours and thirty minutes, which I think will be attractive to advertisers. Tying it back to the topic. Yeah. So we'll see. It'll be interesting. Go. Good insight. Do you have anything else, or do you are you ready to go uh, sip a pina colada? I think it's about pina colada time for Kirby. Oh, right. <laughs> well, before you sip on a pina colada, Kirby, I'd like you to think about making sure that the the cup you use has been upcycled uh, from plastic. I'd like to make sure the straw you use has been recycled. And then I, I want to make sure that something... Okay. And, and then <laughs> I want to make sure that you're wearing something that's been downcycled. And then if you could find things that are side cycled, that would be amazing to me. But when it comes to truly recycling and sustainability, think of our good pals over at Chipenko. That's right, guys. They do more than talk the talk. They walk the walk. I walked through, walk, man, there he is walking. Uh, I went through a lot of the things and the initiatives they are doing from the cartons, from replacing lighting. And let's just face facts. One of the most, if not the most eco-friendly and sustainable product in our industry is the venerable pencil. So you can uh, really learn more and see all their amazing, amazing, amazing products over at Shapenko.com. It's been uh, newly redesigned and uh, you'll enjoy your time over there. Just like Kirby is about to enjoy his time on the beach. And while you're on the beach, Kirby, I want to be sedated. That's right. 